Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, coming to you live on 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, and just a host more. And we are proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two on Feedspot out of the top 60, number two on CarryingVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Don't we, Adrian? Well, Adrian's not here, so I'll just say, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Americans are retiring in greater numbers and at a faster pace. According to Pew Research Center, the numbers of Americans who retired in 2020 was twice that of 2019. Go figure. Well, we have two guests today, Marilyn Bushy and Gail McDonald, and they are going to tell their story and how they're going to make our lives better, especially caregivers out there who don't know anything about money and don't know if you're coming or going, don't know if you have enough money to retire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But before we get ta- before we get started, let me take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Eileen Forrestal, the courage to shine. After 32 years as a medical doctor and caring for patients, she left medicine to explore the opportunity to encourage people to care for themselves. And you can listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on caregiverdave.com, our membership website, free membership website, and all the other platforms that I was mentioning before. Well, Gail and Marilyn, welcome to the show. I always like to ask my guests just who are Gail and Marilyn and why did God place them on this earth? Go ahead. It's all yours. (laughs) Well, we appreciate that question, and thank you so much for having us on. We've been looking forward to this. (laughs) And I want to tell you just a little bit about uh, Gail and mine's story, and I'm Marilyn, and uh, we have been friends for about 20 years, and we met when we served on the board of the National Association of Women Business Owners in the Dallas chapter, and we became really good friends. In fact, Gail even encouraged me to go into coaching, and we're both executive coaches and have our own own businesses. A couple of entrepreneurs, huh? That's right. That's right. And we just enjoyed working with one another. We did projects together, and our friendship grew oh. and grew. And during that time, we uh, aged and aged and aged, and pretty soon <laughs> we found it's contagious. That it was time for us to start thinking about retirement. And uh, one day at lunch, in which we had lunch frequently because we are good friends, we started talking about it. And we realized that both of us were having really uh, serious thoughts about retiring. In fact, we were, let's get real here, we were past retirement age. <laughs> so uh, 
we talked it through it and we found out that we were having some of the same thoughts about retiring. Uh, we love what we do. We love our coaching. We love our clients. And we just didn't want to give that up. But we wanted to work less. And so we started trying to figure out a way to do that. And in having this conversation, we realized that we were having a lot of the same parallel type thoughts. And we also thought that probably our friends and colleagues were having those thoughts too. Mm -hmm. So we interviewed over 60 people and we asked them, Dave, a very simple question. What does retirement mean to you? And what we found was that uh, they were not ready to retire and be put out to pasture. Now, they wanted to have an exciting, vibrant life, mm. and we wanted to help them have that. And our mission became to make sure that the people that we work with are not only, and we use the same term that you do, are thriving, not just surviving. And to do that, uh, we decided that we would write a book. This was our second attempt at writing a book together. The first one didn't quite work out. But this one, after those interviews, mm. we realized we had a lot to share. And we made it our mission to give this group a voice. We call ourselves Retirement Rebels. And it's not that we're, we're uh, rebelling against retirement. We're rebelling against how people do it. So it takes money to retire, right? It takes money to retire. And you have so many choices and it's also extremely emotional. And this is where we kind of tie in with the caregivers too. And Gail, you might want to uh, talk a little bit about what happened to make us realize that we have parallels with the caregivers. Well, we, uh, we, they were talking about uh, having this conversation with you, and we had had uh, done a podcast for another person who has a caregiver podcast. So we started talking about how people who are retiring are going into the unknown. They, it's sometimes unexpected, uh, or they don't expect what they're going to experience, but it's often emotional, and it's all, all these always unknown. Caregivers are also, they're living sometimes day by day, not knowing what the next day is going to bring. It uh, brings up a lot of different emotions. And we believe that the model we created for retirees is applicable to anyone who's going through any major transition in life or encountering some hurdles and bumps in life. And in fact, we've had many of our readers say, Hey, this isn't just about retirement. It's broader. Um, so we have a model called the Choices Map, which is really around helping people navigate a tough time. And with as a summary of the Choices Map, we have a mantra. And we think the mantra is great advice for ourselves, because as Marilyn already said, we were going through this process. Uh, but also of value to others. And the mantra is let go of your stories, add your dreams, and keep exploring. I like that. Let go of your stories, add your dreams. Add your dreams and keep, and keep exploring. Keep so exploring. We, yeah. Would yeah. you like us to take a moment to drill down on those pieces? or We'll get to question? that. We'll get to that. Um, I'm sure my audience wants to know how you know so much about caregivers. Were you ever caregivers yourself or you deal with them as clients? I mean, what, uh, where is your information about what caregivers need 
because they're similar to normal people because they used to be normal people before That's they were right. caregivers, you know, <laughs> similar. <Yeah. laughs> well, I'll, I'll take that first. Right. Gail's going to have some input too. Mm. But yes, I have been a caregiver, a little bit different. Uh, my dad uh, developed Alzheimer's after he mm. fell off of a ladder. He mm. was a building contractor and he was worked. Was that the cause of it, you think? I think it. Nobody ever said that, but I truly mm. believe it. And um, he had been a building contractor all his life, building residential and then got into commercial buildings and very strong physically, very strong mentally. And this happened and the mental, the physical part was okay. The mental part began and it could, it could have been coming anyway, but it seemed to hasten that. And uh, at the time I had just started a brand new business and was uh, this was a, another business that, that I had. And uh, my husband worked on the other side of Dallas, and it took him an hour and 15 minutes going and coming to every day. So he didn't have a lot of time to help. My brother was in, in uh, Arizona, so he came when he could, but that was that was not very much because he also had a job that he traveled internationally. And my sister and my dad did not get along. So she had kind of cut off communication with him. So it, it left to me. So I uh, had to be the one who worked on taking his car away from him, getting him out of his home he'd been in forever and into an assisted living. When we moved him from the town he'd lived in for many, many years to Dallas. Well, let and- me stop you there because that's a difficult, difficult process. How did you do it? Because a lot of people are doing that right now. How do I take the car keys away? Number one, mm-hmm. how do I even talk about moving you out of your home, especially oh, if yeah. they're obstinate and stubborn, like I assume your father was? I don't know. Well, I strong-willed. <clears throat> so how do you do that? I mean, what, what well, did you do? How did it work or didn't it work? It did work. And probably I was a little dishonest. Well, that's okay. Uh, Sometimes that's what it takes. It does. My brother came to help me. And my brother's eight years older. So naturally, he he thinks he's the boss of me. (laughs) But he wanted to tell my dad that we were taking his car away from him. And I knew that we just shouldn't do that. So what we told him was that the car was in the shop, that it was being worked on, that it was in the shop. And then... Once we strategy. got the car, yeah, we got it away, got the car away from him. Then we needed. Did he to forget about him. it after a while? That about never, the car? Never, <laughs> never. We moved him into uh, a residential. It was uh, assisted living with some more. Well, how did that therapy. go? How did that idea go? Oh my gosh! Uh, the first time we moved, and we moved him into one. And during the night, he went into the kitchen there and turned on the stove. And he thought he was turning it off. <clears throat> Next day, he... Uh, this is in his own little unit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next day, he started walking home. And a lady stopped, thank God. Uh, and I really mean that, thank God. How far are you from there? Uh, it was... We, this, one, this first one was in his home. So he was probably three miles away. So he knew home. the neighborhood. He knew the neighborhood and started walking home, but she saw him and brought him back to the assisted living. So then we decided we need to bring him to Dallas. So we move him and he, we got him pretty excited about it, but then he realized what we were doing. <laughs> and what city was he in? 
he was in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is about a three hours uh, east. So were you of guys in Louisiana when all this was going on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was driving back and forth. Uh, I'll never forget coming home one night and just pulling over to the side of the road and just crying. Yeah, it, it was so hard. It was so hard. And I love my dad so much. I was closest to him out of the yeah. three of us. Yeah. And so we moved into Dallas. And this is a really sweet assisted living. And they gave him, he could be with somebody all day because I was trying to run two businesses. And uh, as soon as I left work, I would come over and be with him. But he would not let them do things like shower him or that kind of thing. So I had to do those things, which is really hard to do for your dad when you're uh, used to having this strong man and um, he's like my hero. So how how did his condition uh, digress? Um, Like when he's in the assisted living, uh, did he know who you were? Did he know where he was? Well, that's that's very interesting. I did a lot of reading when I when this happened and in it, it said, ask your person that uh, has dementia, who am I? So every time I saw my dad, I said, who am I? Yes. And he up to the day he only mistook me for my mom one time. And up to the day that he died, he knew who I was, which was really important to me. But that's something I say, just dad, who am I? And and don't get upset if he thinks you're somebody else. Uh, my sister stopped communicating with him because when they had a phone call, he never asked about her children. He didn't remember them. And it was that was really sad. Yeah, sometimes but, uh, they know who you are, but they just can't remember your name. That that's comes right. first. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like you, you're a caregiver. <laughs> you, you know what we're going through. So go ahead and, and, um, Tell me what you and Gail are doing now to help uh, caregivers in their in the area of finances and retirement. Well, <clears throat> finances. Uh, I'm a, a former financial planner, mm. and I think it's really important that you do talk with someone who can give you some guidance because everybody is different. And I know with my dad, bless his heart, we spent down to his last penny for his care. And then we started giving money ourselves, and my brother helped with that. Sometimes that's what happens. And and we were talking about them. Did you, um, did you uh, transfer him into a Medicaid program since he was penniless at that time, which is uh, what Um, I recommend? Yes, Dave, we did it one month before he passed away. Mm. I went through all of the work working with a a government (laughs) representative. Obviously, you weren't <laughs> expecting him to pass away so quickly. No, no, but we know we knew he needed a little bit more care, so we transferred him to another facility, and uh, that was—I can't tell you—to <laughs> have what worked so hard. Dying? Did he? What did he die from the dementia or something else? Or he actually died of a heart attack. Mm. Okay, he had had heart problems. And he died of a heart attack. But it's very important that you talk with somebody that can help you through the process of, of right. where the money comes from, what you can do with it, how far it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting, though, when we started to write our book, Retirement Your Way, uh, Gail did a little bit, little bit of research, Gail. When you went to the bookstore, I thought that was very interesting. You might tell Dave what you found. Well, this was pretty informal book uh, research. Uh, we did also did it on Amazon later, but we just looked in the rows of books on retirement. And what we found is that 
roughly 85% of the books were about financial planning. Mm. And the rest were uh, about relocating and some about living of a life, a better life or a good life, the good life as we call it in retirement. And so we decided to focus on this lifestyle aspect of retirement more than planning financially for retirement. And what we say to our readers is that this assumes you have a it's your financial situation and your health situation are okay. They're there that you can at least at this point, they're good enough that you can put your attention to how you live a good life. So maybe you were smart enough to have a, a long-term care policy or, or uh, have your home paid yes. off, maybe do a reverse mortgage, pull some cash exactly. out, et cetera. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And, and one of the things that. Oh, let me interrupt um, you. What do you think yeah, of that idea absolutely. about um, just taking a year-long cruise, which is cheaper than assisted living, and you get a, <laughs> entertainment and great food, and you see the world for the next year? Hey, if you've got the health for it, it's a great idea. We're assuming on, we have money and health, yes. <laughs> on cruises, right. we have met people who do that, or and or people who every year take a world cruise for four or five months to get out of the snow and then they go back to their their regular home. So there, there are a lot of ways to so deal enjoy with lifestyle, which is good. You know, not many people mm-hmm. do that. And we look at and we present different choices that people make yeah. in in retirement. And we really emphasize it's about it's about being the best person you can be. It's about living yeah. this life, no matter what your circumstances are. Yeah. Um, Those definitions of retirement can be really Mm -hmm. bad because some people think you just stop working and you just kick back. But uh, I've noticed anyone who does that dies (laughs) shortly after Mm -hmm. because I don't know, something in the mind tells you, okay, you're done. It's time to go. Yeah. Many people people go into a deep depression. And that was going back to our mantra for just a second. Mm -hmm. That was why we came up with let go of your story, because when people retire, they think of of a few things. One of them is that uh, this is just going to be wonderful. I'm going to be able to fish all day long, which I love to do, or play golf or whatever you love to do. And uh, as one of our our interviews said, after three weeks, uh, all my fishing was done. I never fished again. So you have to realize that, that you have more choices and let go of some of the stories that you've told yourself. Uh, one of those, and it, it's caregivers too have their own stories. Yeah. They had the, I know I had, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm the only one who can give my dad the care that he, right. that he deserves. And another one is poor me. Nobody's helping me. Now, that's kind of the two-sided coin there. Nobody's helping me get through this. What am I going to do? Or I have no life anymore. Or this is going to go on forever. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, if you can realize what stories you're telling yourself and what feelings you're having, maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's anger. I was angry sometimes. Mainly, I was exhausted. I was really, truly exhausted. Yeah. Sleep deprived. And, yeah. And so these are the kind of stories that uh, 
that people who are going through caregiving do. And it also people in retirement have those. One of my favorites is, uh, Gail, you're from who's who to who's that. <laughs> you might tell yeah. Dave a little bit about that. Well, I was talking to a retired CEO years ago, even before I thought about retirement and he had just retired. And I said, how is it? And he said, I've gone from who's who to who's he. <laughs> and we just laughed. He said, but, but he was taking it in stride. Um, and, you know, another thing about stories, just to share a little bit of my own experience. Uh, I'm an only child and both my parents have passed now. My mother had Alzheimer's mm. and um, my dad died of a stroke a couple of years um, into this Alzheimer's. So uh, my mother, at some point, she didn't, she thought I was her sister. And she thought one of our daughters who looks like me was me. And I had to let go of this story about whether it mattered whether she recognized me. And I had to change to a story around enjoy the small moments. She loved to tell stories and laugh and she would laugh. And sometimes we didn't even really know what she was talking about, but we would laugh with her. And um, that's kind of, we had to go through that shift. And the other thing that is really important, um, we think it's a parallel retirees and caregivers is reaching out to other people. And I'm sure you hear a lot about this in your programs, Dave. And it, first of all, it's thinking about how can other people support you? Um, and being um, realizing that some people are going to be the emotional support for you, and it's same in retirement. Some people are going to do physical things for you. They might send you meals or fill in as a care as a temporary caregiver. Some um, might do some research for you, uh, and and then some might really help you kind of. Find the grace in the situation. So a, a lot about living through the process of letting go of our stories, adding our dreams includes reaching out to other people. So what is your book basically going to help people do? Does it just introduce you to and then they've got to call you and, and talk in depth about their own personal situation? How, how much does your book do and how far does it go? in helping before we start talking to a financial uh, planner? Yeah, we have a seven-step process. We call it the Choices Map. And Choices is an acronym Mm -hmm. for uh, each step. One is to think about what the culture, what your assumptions are. Mm -hmm. Because so much about transitioning into a different world is recognizing and letting go of assumptions. Yeah. Um, and another, this H is for hurdles, looking at the hurdles that you're facing. And um, the O is for options, recognizing that you have options. The I is for inspiration, coming to the heart, bringing people around you. The C is for course of action, having a plan of some sort. The E is for experimentation, and we might dwell on that for um, in just a second. And then the final S is for self-fulfillment. Okay. So well, Marilyn, uh, I think you have a pretty uh, interesting story. Our, on our time is going very quickly. Um, we, have about, we have about three more minutes. Um, so why don't you speak about what you were hoping uh, that we don't leave out? And then at the end, 
Tell us how we can get a hold of you guys in case anyone wants to talk to you and how they can get a hold of your book to learn the seven steps. Well, we would love that. And and I guess what what I'd like to do is just give the give the caregivers a little something to remember, a, a little word, few words. Uh, and I can't remember who said this, but it has stuck with me for so long. It's life is what we make of it. Always has been, always will be. Mm. So don't let yourself get discouraged. You can can certainly be sad and disappointed and have feelings, but realize that that there is hope there. Things will change. Things will maybe get sad and maybe get better after they're sad. But uh, that's one thing that I think is really, really important. And as far as contacting us, we would love to, to have anyone contact us. Our website is retirementyourwaybook.com. And you can contact us directly uh, from the website or just uh, con- email us at info at retirementyourway.com, book.com, excuse me. And uh, we do have an online course coming out. And it should be out in the first quarter of this year. We're keeping our fingers crossed. (laughs) And that's something that will be on our website and in other places, too, for sale. And we do coaching, also individual coaching. The book is a really good start. And that may be that may be all somebody needs. (laughs) So um, if somebody wants to just speak to you, it doesn't cost any money to get a free consultation to see what where they're at. You know, maybe you can. Um, uh, how does that work? Um, they can find they can contact us through the website. Okay. And then we would be very happy to touch base with them and follow up. And perhaps they need coaching, perhaps just through the workshop that we're about to do or the book in and of itself that that might be enough. Just just the options that people have is, is huge because a lot of people, I would say most of the people are worried financially that they don't have enough money to retire. And fact, statistics bear that out. Most people mm-hmm. <laughs> are in no position to retire. So uh, just some of the options I can think of is, like I said before, mm-hmm. um, turning your home into a uh, cash cow, mm-hmm. so to speak, because you have equity in it and you don't want to sell it and you want to keep living there as long as you're alive. So the reverse mortgage is an excellent option for that. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of more options really fast. I think of... Um, you know, if you happen to be married to a, uh, a veteran, veterans give tons of uh, uh, benefits, like um, they will pay for assisted living, et cetera. Any others that I, you can think of? Well, you mentioned Medicaid, and Medicaid is definitely, it is a process, and it you need some help. Yeah, uh, you need to start early. And sometimes uh, the assisted care people who are very familiar with it, if you know they want you to come into their facility, they will be happy to help you with all the paperwork because it is hard and it is difficult mm-hmm. and it is confusing. And uh, if they want you bad enough, because you're not only interviewing them, they're interviewing you. That's right. <laughs> you know, they don't want someone who's going to be a wanderer or someone who's violent. Mm-hmm. So you want to, uh, everyone needs to be on their best behavior during that interview. And then if you can convince them that you're a good candidate, they will help you get the financing uh, through mm-hmm. VA or through Social Security or through any other county or state programs that happen to be available, because there's a lot available. 
There really is. And that goes back to choices. You have a lot of choice and some people just don't know about them. So uh, being a resource for people in those choices is, is important to us too. And you're a resource. You can help them with all of that stuff as well. Well, that's great. Well, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the show and sharing all your wisdom. Um, so you've given your contact information. Just a reminder that all our shows become recorded podcasts and videocasts on our platforms mentioned before, you know, like YouTube and Blog Talk Radio and iTunes and all that stuff. And don't forget to check out our membership website, caregiverdave.com, which is, they're all there as well. It's free membership support and it's full of tools, resources, free gifts. And please click the like button below on whatever platform you're watching this because that helps uh, Google give us good algorithms so that even more people can see it. So again, to all my listeners and to my guests, thank you so much for coming on and listening week after week, making us number one caregiver podcast on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye. Our featured speaker is a best-selling author who has written numerous books and articles. He's a speaker, life coach, and host of Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program. He frequently appears on television and radio shows all across the country and has even shared the stage with Suzanne Summers at Harvard. But his most important role is caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene, for over 22 years. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nassani! I want to share with you a love story. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating 44 years of being together. My wife, Charlene, and I had a fairy tale, storybook, romance, courtship, and marriage for the first 21 years of our lives together. One day out of nowhere, my wife has a headache, the headache of her life. She suffered a massive stroke and it left her severely speech impaired and paralyzed on the right side. And in that moment, our world turned upside down. I gotta tell you, the next two years was like a living hell. I just didn't know what to do. I felt guilty most of the time. I became a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. I was experiencing the same problems that other caregivers experienced. If you don't take care of you, I can't take care of her. Well, that's why I wrote the book. Now I can teach other caregivers. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. My wife and I travel now all over the world sharing our story. One day, life is gonna call upon you to be the captain of your boat. Heck, you might be saving your own life. Thank you. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. 